0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 99, the Wayne Gretzky episode of the Apples and Genos Fantasy Hockey Podcast. My name is Josh Hutchinson. I've got John Binkle with me here today, or is it Paul Korea? Damn how right. are you doing, John? Off the rack and on the body, buddy. That's right. That's right, bud. I love it. I love it. We were just talking about how that is uh, almost unequivocally... Uh, Korea is like his most iconic moment is when he got knocked out by Scott Stevens and came back with a concussion, scored a goal in a playoff game and uh, uh, a moment a that he hit.
1: doesn't, he doesn't even uh, remember. No memory he does not remember the defining yeah, moment and he doesn't remember it. Like that's potentially insane.
0: a career ruining moment, actually like a career ending moment. I have to so, say,
1: and Super people unfortunate. probably expect this like as a big stars fan, but I hate Scott Stevens to this day. I hate that dude. I've always yeah, hated man. him. Like there's a lot of hockey players out there that, that everybody dislikes not on their team. And if they were on your team, you would like them. And there are two players throughout hockey history of my life that I just hate no matter who team, whose team they're on. And number one is Corey Perry. And number two is Scott Stevens. Like, I hate him. I mean,
0: there's, there's something to be said for like uh everything that you're known for uh in in terms of your your nhl career um all all of your iconic plays are now illegal in today's game <laughs> um that's i mean it's, yeah scott stevens's legacy is he used to add fucking elbow people in the face all the time and uh cool great that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i yeah i'm i'm with you there i'm not not the biggest i I never hated scott stevens back when i used to watch him uh i guess i did a little bit the leafs played the devils in the in the playoffs multiple times and ousted them uh the same way that the bruins and the lightning and and uh and everyone else have in recent memory um anyways let's move on from that <laughs> i don't want to talk about that anymore all right uh, thanks for leaving Thanks for leaving us a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you haven't and you're enjoying our content, please just take a second, leave us a review. We'd greatly appreciate it. Also, check out the Apples and Genos Discord server. It's a great place to talk fantasy hockey, get your questions answered, and also receive alerts for when new Apples and Genos content drops. And if you didn't already know, this is Midweek Moves. It's Wednesday, February 1st, and we're talking about schedule maximization for this weird post-All-Star Game week. Uh, and, and who you should be adding and dropping at this point. So, yeah, I mean, we mentioned it last week. After tonight, tonight's it's Wednesday. There's two games happening tonight. This week has been a weird week so far. There's been barely any games. Uh, and then we have nothing until next Monday. So uh, in terms of our suggestions for that we typically make uh, for the midweek pod, uh, that stretch of days from Thursday to Sunday, there's nothing. It's just all star game, all star festivities. Um, but then we have next week, which is connected to this week in terms of uh, in terms of the scoring period. Um, so if you have ads left, hopefully you saved some. Um, we're going to give you uh, some tips here. So there's tons of off nights next week. Saturday has 14 games. Every other night is an off night, so that means eight games or less. Um, so Anaheim and Seattle have the best schedules. They have four games with four off nights. Um, and then there's a bunch of other teams with four games as well. Um, w- with three off nights. Those teams are Edmonton, Minnesota, the New York Islanders, New York Rangers, Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, and Vancouver. Um, and then in terms of poor schedules, Boston, Buffalo, Carolina, LA, Ottawa, St. Louis, and Winnipeg all have only one game, and they're and their one game is On the Saturday, which has 14 games. So definitely steer clear of streaming players from those teams. Um, So in terms of ads, I mean, there's a number of ads you could make. It's probably going to be slim pickings at this point, just because uh, people have probably already streamed a a ton of guys from these teams already. But I picked one guy that is, uh, I mean, a a a fringe player. In terms, of, in terms of rostership, uh, and that is Kyle Palmieri. He is 6% rostered in Yahoo, so probably still available in your leagues. He has five assists in his last four games for the Islanders since returning from injury. He was out since uh, mid-December. Um, and he's averaging about 18 minutes' time on ice since his return, which is an uptick for him. Uh, he is second in the NHL in individual scoring chances for per 60 over the last 14 days with 21.62, Damn. and he is fifth in individual coursey 4 per 60 with 26.61, which is crazy. That's crazy, especially considering he plays for the Islanders. Um, he's pl- playing right now with Brock Nelson and Anders Lee, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, on the what you would probably consider the second line. Now, not really sure how the lineup is going to be shaken up with the Bo, Bo Horvat addition, um, but... Uh, I mean, there's there's some rough lineup lineup things on daily face off. I'm not sure how accurate they are, but it seems like Palmieri is 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 sticking on that line with Nelson and Anders Lee. Um, yeah, like I said, it's going to be slip slim pickings at this point in the week. But I think he may be worth an add, especially because Islanders have that nice schedule. They have four games um, and man, he's uh, he's coming out. Coming out firing back from injury, what do you think, Binksy? What are you interested in, Kyle Palmieri?
1: I am interested in Kyle Palmieri. I think I think the entirety of the fantasy world is interested to see what the Islanders do right after being such an unsuccessful team on the power play, and with Dobson being day to day right now. Like I'm super curious, do they try a five forward power play to really put a spark into something because they've got uh, Horback coming in to to work that bumper. I am um, especially interested in them over this last stretch of the season, considering that Wallstrom will likely not return, right? So at least they're pushing in that direction. He's been out so long with no positive signs. So it seems like that is not going to come to fruition for him this year. And they have offensive talent and they have talent that gels 5v5. So I'm I'm curious to see how things shake out for them. And I think – It's nothing to lose with Palmieri. Um, You're not going to be able to roster Nelson off your wire or Lee. Um, Barzal is not going to be on your wire. Horvat's not going to be on your wire. So there is one player in that top six to look at. And I don't see any reason not to, especially with just eye popping individual numbers over the last two weeks. So um, he's got to be feeling good. And to bring in an all-star caliber player to play alongside in some form or fashion is, is, Just excellent news for the Islanders who need to figure out how to score somehow. So um, I think he's a great place to look with the schedule. Who are you adding at this point? Well, considering um, that the other team in New York, the New York Rangers, also have that same schedule, um, Philip Hedel would be my suggestion to add. At 24%, still very likely available. I know in a lot of competitive leagues, um, people that have the microscope really, really tight on things, he may not be available. And I would certainly consider Capo Caco as an option as well. But uh, at 24%, more likely than not, even though that has jumped 7% in the last week. um, He is eligible at center and right wing. And in the last 12 games, 12 points. So a point per game player in a recent stretch, eight goals with two of them on the power play four assists with one of them on the power play. So it's an even distribution. You're not relying too entirely on him getting power play points on the second unit. He's got 25% shooting on 32 shots on goal in January. And what is most notable for that for me is that in the prior 29 games of the season, he was shooting 14% on 57 shots. So recently with that, I don't know, I think I'm gonna call them the lottery line. Like considering mm-hmm. you know, just the talent on that roster and and the threshold that most of them are about to break through, it seems like they have really turned on the Jets. So he's got an average time on ice of 1434 in January, but those numbers over the last eight games jump considerably. Uh, well over a minute almost 80 seconds more in the last eight games right where they have been especially good in that youth line um, and what kind of surprised me in doing a deeper dive into the numbers is that 18 times in 41 games for him thus far he's had an IPP of 100 percent so wow. when he's involved he is especially involved like inconsistency is an expected issue at his age, but he is about to turn 22. He's about to hit a games played threshold. And that line that we all see the talent level on and, and all continue to go back to the well in hoping that, you know, we are first to, to get to their explosion um, and, and coming up to that level that their pedigree would suggest he kind of unexpectedly seems to be the one leading the charge for them on that line. So um, I am especially interested in him and, and how well he's been playing for the Rangers who a lot like uh, Florida have kind of snake bit, even though the underlying numbers are are really, really good.
0: Yeah. They're all of a sudden really exciting. Hey, that, that, uh, that kid line for the Rangers. Um, Yeah. I think uh, I streamed Heedle. Uh, in one of my leagues at the start of the week last week um because they had they had three games three off nights um, and uh, I've just held on to him it's carried over into into this scoring period just because uh, of the nice four games scheduled there and he's just been awesome he's been really he's has. been red hot so yeah I like uh, worthy uh, a lot of games yeah hundred percent so um hard to deny that I'm looking at last game lines and that line of Hidal, Kako, and Lafreniere um, was second on the team in ice time, but not by much. It was uh, – uh, they played 12-25, 5v5. Zibanejab, VC and Panarin played 12-52. So, so you'd almost consider Kako, Lafreniere – Heedle almost like a one B in terms of five v five ice time, and then Kreider, Trocheck, and Goudreau are kind of the third line now. They played ten twenty four, so uh, but they also produced two goals five on five. Um, so so who knows how the ice time is going to shake out um, next week? But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely high on Heedle. I support that completely. Uh, if he's available, I think he's he's a must add right now. Definitely. Um, so let's. Uh, Let's move on to um, drops. So my drop for this week is, uh, I mean, it's not it's not someone with a bad schedule. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's a guy that's on the same team as Kyle Palmieri that I mentioned before for my ad. Uh, it's JGP. So um, at least in terms of daily faceoff, uh, it looks like he's going to get bumped from the top power play. I mean, for good reason. Bo, Ho- Bo Horvat is going to slot in there in the bumper spot. Um, so yeah, if unless they go, like you mentioned, unless they go five forward, uh, it looks like JGP is going to see a decrease in minutes and specifically a, a significant de- decrease in power play minutes. Um, so that really hurts him. Uh, that that kind of makes him viable in a points league, the fact that he plays on PP1. And now that he's not, I mean, he's kind of just a guy that's going to play marginal 5v5 minutes playing the penalty kill might get you a shorthanded point here and there uh, and is going to get you hits. Um, So that makes him a lot less enticing to me um, in terms of a stream. I think there's better options even on the Islanders. Um, And uh, yeah, I I just think, I I just think he's a lot less relevant. I I guess I've already said that, but uh, what do you think, Binksy? What do you think of that drop?
1: I think Hot JGP and cold JGP are two entirely different players, and he is not in the midst of a hot streak where you would be like, okay, let's let's ride this until it fizzles out, and I think you're absolutely right. I think things are going to look different for the Islanders going forward, and if there was like a, a quintessential third line player, JGP would be that, right? Like scoring possibility, but mostly out there to like lay the body at, and play two way. And um I think you're absolutely right. I don't I don't know that there is any indication that they're gonna go five forward. I'd like to see them try it while Dobson is down and, and try something new, but uh there's certainly no guarantee of that. It's it seems like a solid drop to me, especially considering, you know, in general, JGP is a streaming-level player. Like You're not really concerned yeah. that he's not going to be there for you to go back to later. For sure. Uh, who are you dropping right now? Well, speaking of streaming-level players, um, my drop for this week is Robert Thomas. Um, he is currently 54% rostered, although that's dropped uh, a negligible 1% in the last week. He is center only. A uh, lower body injury has him questionable for the next game, which is the 11th against Arizona, which is the pack Saturday that we've been talking about. So if he does come back and play in that game, then you're probably not going to have a center spot for him. Right. Uh, He will then have three more days of rest before playing Florida on the 14th and New Jersey on the 16th. But they're also both heavy nights. Right. They do play four games that week, uh, but the rest of the schedule in that week after those two games on the avalanche on a packed Saturday again, and then directly after that on Sunday against the Senators. Right. So an extremely tough schedule for the team itself. And St. Louis is in a tailspin right now, having lost five straight. There are reports of Barbachev being traded, of Acciardi being traded. Um, And rumors of Ryan O'Reilly being traded as well. Like who knows what happens with Tarasenko. There's always being rumors of him being traded, but I feel like come deadline time, there's going to be a lot of mental instability for the blues, whether or not people get dealt and considering that he is an assist guy that only gives you points. You're relying on other people who may or may not be there and may or may not be there mentally to help him out and he himself only has six points in the last 10 games right so in those games he's getting 1930 average time on ice like all of the opportunity and not capitalizing like all Mm. of the indicators are negative the schedule is super tough and even if it were on off nights those hard games they're not It's on a packed schedule, so he is likely not going to get into your roster. If you're rostering him, and a lot of people are at 54%, he should be an easy drop for you.
0: Yeah, the Blues have been getting stomped lately. Like It's not not been pretty whatsoever. Obviously, they have injury troubles. um, But yeah, Robert Thomas is a guy, I've mentioned it a number of times, I'm I'm not the biggest fan. Um, He's definitely a guy I'll stream... When the blues have a good schedule, but right now they don't. Um, And he doesn't bring, if he's not getting assists, he doesn't bring anything to your team. It doesn't shoot a lot. Doesn't hit. Doesn't. I mean, just doesn't do much at all. Uh, It sets up his teammates. And right now, no one is going for them right now. tarasenko has been ice cold. Um, It's, uh, it's not looking pretty. So, Um, so yeah, I definitely support, support a Robert Thomas drop. I mean, there's, there's not really a whole lot else I have to say about that. Um, yeah, let's move on other hot topics. Uh, I mean the biggest hot topic, uh, in the NHL right now, I guess, I mean, it's a couple, this story is a couple days old, but, um, it's, uh, we had a big trade and I know we've kind of touched on it a little bit already, but, uh, Bo Horvat is going to the New York Islanders, uh, as everyone expected.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was really, really uh, hopeful that he was going to be a Dallas star. Like I was really. Oh, hopeful. of course. I, I think really a lot hopeful.
0: of people were a lot of people were hopeful
1: that he was going to
0: be on their respective favorite teams. Uh, but
1: like I, I don't know how if he went to Dallas that Dallas wasn't considered a cup favorite. Like, oh, of course. Like that yeah, would have really pushed them into another another level. Mm-hmm. Sad. Yeah, you could play, play
0: You could play Sagan on the wing five v five. Have Ooh. Horvat as your two C. That You're would be hurting. pretty nice. You're uh, me. but instead we have one C, Bo Horvat, on the offensively bankrupt New York <laughs> Islanders, and uh, uh, obviously this is terrible for any fantasy owner. Like, no part of this trade is exciting. Okay, the. Uh, I, I, th- I feel like, uh, I mean, you got, okay. So, so let's go through the trade. So, so it's Bo Horvat for Anthony Bovillier, Atu Ratu, which I believe, I believe that's how you say his name and a first round pick, which is top 12 protected. So if the pick ends up being top 12, it gets punted until the year after. And I believe it's unprotected at that point. So, um, I mean, I have a few takes on this trade. Um, I don't think it's as I understand why Canucks fans are upset just because Bo Horvat is their captain. Um it's been it was a very unceremonious finish there. Mm-hmm. Um I think a lot of them would have preferred to keep Horvat over JT Miller um for a number of reasons. Um it sounds like he's just in general a better guy <laughs> and uh, uh obviously a better two-way player. JT Miller is an absolute disaster defensively, so uh, it seems like they really uh, they really may have made a commitment on the wrong guy and they're in a terrible situation right now. And now they've forced to trade uh, their captain that everyone loved. Uh in a year where he is playing far and above better than he ever has. So not not um, just a
1: year. I was uh I was talking to Raj from Five Hole, who's yeah. you know, obviously the biggest Canucks fan that that any of us know. Um, and his uh, uptick in production was directly related to an uptick in deployment coming in with Boudreaux, right? So, not just this year, like a lot of people were like, sure. I don't really believe right. the trend. And looking back over it, I had not associated that directly with Boudreaux coming in, but that's exactly when that started. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that Horvat bucks the trend of players getting traded and not having um, success on the new team in, in that, in that interim year. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I assume that he's going to get the deployment, but just like we've been talking about in recent weeks, like the Islanders take their best players and then sink their numbers on the ice. So yep. oh, I'm, yeah. who knows what's going to happen there? Yeah, man.
0: I, yeah, I, I think, okay. So, so here's my take on this. Anthony Biville, obviously, I, I think they probably could have got a better roster player uh, from somewhere. If if you're if the deal is a first rounder, protected or not unprotected, whatever, um, a top prospect and a roster player, I think you probably could have got a better quality roster player for Bo Horvath. Absolutely, um, Aturatu. I mean, yeah, Beauvillier is a perennial half-point-per-game player. Uh, He's never had a 40-point season. Um, He's also almost never healthy for 82 games. So, I mean, I can't really hold that against him. But his point pace is pretty consistent year after year, and it's about half-point-per-game. So that's not ideal, man. Not ideal at all. And in terms of fantasy, almost irrelevant. Like, he's a guy that you could stream in a deep league Um, not a guy that I'm picking up very much. Uh, but I, I mean, he's not really fantasy relevant and I don't really think that he gets, uh, he gets any more fantasy relevant playing for the Canucks. Um, Aturatu was a top prospect. Um, I mean, was really highly touted going into his draft year a few years ago. Um, had a really rough, uh, draft year. And his stock fell considerably. Got picked in the second round, um, and then had a fantastic year in Finland last year. Was basically a point per game. Uh, this year he's playing in the AHL, so first first year pro. Um, he's a half point per game, but still twenty years old. So this is a guy that could be pretty good. Like that's not not a bad prospect. I, I hear people poo pooing this guy, and like I, I think the jury's still out. Okay? So, not not the worst thing in the world. Not the worst piece. Okay? The first round pick, this is where uh, this is where my take uh, on the... This is where things take a turn, okay? I think that this first round pick is actually going to be uh, pretty valuable for the Canucks. The New York Islanders are not good. The New York Islanders are not going to make the playoffs. That's my take right now. I this, this, uh, Bo Horvat is great. Cool. Uh, not going to move the needle for this team. This team is not good. Okay. Uh, they're, they're, I mean, they're, I mean, I guess they're within striking distance. I mean, I'll pull up the NHL standings right now. Um, but this team cannot score. They've gone an unreal stretch of scoring. Essentially. I, I think it's like, 15 of their last 17 games, they've scored two or less goals. Like, that mm-hmm. is disgusting. And I'm sorry, but Bo Horvat, as great as he's been this year, he's not going to it that that's not he's not gonna change that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I just uh I just think this team is not good, and I don't think that their management, I don't think amarello believes that they're bad, you know what I mean? Like I I, and and I've heard I've heard talk about um about them trying to flip Horvat. I don't really see that happening. I mean, I could be wrong about that. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like,
1: if if they're hoping that they can take him and then flip him, right? Are they hoping to get multiple first round picks because they essentially took a, a draft selection recently and a top 12 protected and they're hoping to turn that into a few other prospects. Like that doesn't, if they were able to do that, would that even make sense for them? Right. And you're absolutely right. Like Lou is not the type to wheel and deal in that regard. Like in his history, he's the type to go after a player that he thinks is going to help them win now. And, you know, it's certainly possible that they sneak into the playoffs and then ride you know what is arguably the best goaltender this year if he's still playing that well come playoff time but you know the teams that they have to go through and gain ground on are not easy teams right like yeah just to get there they're gonna have to play a lot better and you know like it's They, they, they don't have a dearth of talent like the players that they have have always struck me as depth pieces on good teams rather than players to lead their team to the playoffs.
0: They are. Okay. Just looking at the standings right now, they have 55 points. Pittsburgh's in the final wildcard spot with 57. Um, So they're two points back of that wildcard spot, but they also Pittsburgh has three games in hand on the Islanders. The Islanders have played three more games. Uh, They, the capitals who are in the first wildcard spot, Five points up on the Islanders but they've played one more game than the Islanders the Islanders are amongst the worst teams in the league over the last 10 games as well so it's not as if they're trending in the right direction like they had a great start and they've been shit for a long time okay Um, you've also got the Buffalo Sabres to contend with and they are just world beaters right now Mm -hmm. Um, so that's I mean that doesn't bode well for you either so, this really is, this smells like another season where they end up 10th, 11th in the conference. And, I don't know. It, 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 so, so what I'm saying is, is, I think the Canucks either get um, a top 15 pick, so like 13, 14, 15, uh, this year in a deep draft, like in a draft where you're probably going to get a good player um, and, or it gets punted to next year. And I, I'm not convinced that that Lou Lamorello is going to leave. Like, what are they going to do? Fire Lamorello? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't for what reason? So. They haven't been like
0: awful. He's you a, know? And he's the type of guy that's that like, uh <laughs> He's like a mob boss. Like he is he gonna he's gonna intimidate the owners into not firing him. Like has he ever been fired in his career? I don't think so. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, I think it's gonna probably be status quo. They're gonna try and get a big name free agent. They're gonna not get him uh, because they never do. They can't even sign their own guys. Uh, and. They're, they're just going to continue to be bad. So I, I see this first round pick scenario, even though it's protected, being no matter what a good situation for Vancouver. I think it's going to be a good pick uh, as long as they uh, have the right scouting staff to to, to make that decision. Um, I, I, I think I think that's that's that brings you pretty good value. So I don't think the trade is as bad as people are making it out to be. Um, I think it could have been better. But it's 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 not as lopsided. I understand Vancouver Canucks fans being upset. It's going to be okay. Well, I don't know.
1: Not in I don't know if it's going to be okay. Not
0: in <laughs> No, I don't think it is. <laughs> They're in a bad situation. Uh, okay. I yeah. So I and and then in terms of fantasy value for for Hor- Horvat, I I, I can't, it's not going to get better, man. I I feel I'm sorry, Horvat owners. It's just not. Um, He's going to play on the second worst power play in the NHL. Um, does he make them better? Maybe. I just don't see him being the guy that completely changes things for this team. Um, I think he makes them marginally better, and that's it.
1: So. It, does, it does really, and this will probably be the last thing we say about it, but uh, it does really, really feel like a rental. Doesn't it? Like if you were Bo Horvat, is that where why you would want you to want play? to stay there? Is that where is that is that where you would want to spend the next six, seven years of your career? When you That's have exactly clearly it. when you have clearly hit the next next gear in your own ability and you've shown it with the deployment. Right. The league has seen you be that player over what is basically a full season stretch at this point. You finally get the deployment. You've been a captain. And then you get shipped off to the island and that's yeah. where you want to play where, where excellent players spend until they get an opportunity to go somewhere else. Like he had to have been so bummed. He had to have been so bummed yeah. like to get ousted and then go there. That sucks for him. It it's does. like worse. It's almost worst case scenario to be honest.
0: Um, but if he has signed an extension, we'll never know. We won't know for months, probably, because Lou Lammarello doesn't tell anyone anything. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see. It could be he signed an extension. I have no idea.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you can only assume, right? Because why would they have dealt for him with no guarantee, right? That's Yeah, I that don't sucks. know. It sucks. We'll find it's, out. We'll find out. Should have been a star. Yeah. <laughs> So many, so uh, many upper-level prospects the stars could have dealt him for that they don't even have room for or cap for in in the upcoming years. Like, should have been a star. I don't know. I don't understand it. Do you? Do you have any other
0: topics you want to hit on before we go to the or G check-in, C?
1: So this is a little bit light right now for obvious reasons. There's uh, there's a bunch of injury talk, but there's nothing new that we haven't touched on in the last couple of weeks. Um, the only thing really of note. Um, The Avalanche fully expect Landis Gog to start skating after the All-Star break. Um, The other Avalanche injury news is exactly as it was last week. Uh, I personally am really excited for Byram to play as many games as he does before he gets hurt again. Um, And uh, Anthony Duclair is fully expected to start fully skating after the all-star break as well. So those things are noteworthy. Um, Both of the goaltenders in Florida are up and down hurt right now. So wait and see approach on that. Um, And John Carlson is light skating again. There are
0: no timetable.
1: They don't expect him to come back anytime soon, but he is, is lightly skating. Um, There is one new injury piece of information and this one is uh, especially fantasy relevant. Matty Beniers was injured, injured after a monster Tyler Myers hit, uh, when they played the Canucks on January 25th, Beniers appeared to hit his head on the ice after doing, um, like a backward somersault. He just got, just ran through in front of the net on a clear interference call. Not Uh, even in
0: front of the net. It was like in the middle of the ice.
1: Yeah, like in the slot in front of the net. Like It, it was just, so weird, got, man. He just got ran through. It was so weird. Um, he went on to miss uh, the next two games after sitting the remainder of that second period and then not coming out for the third. Um, it is um, generally accepted that it was a head injury, um, which you could probably tell just seeing his ha- head bounce on the ice um he will not be attending the all-star game anymore so that really just personally sucks for him i feel for him um he had to pass a few tests in order to participate in the game and there just simply wasn't enough time for that to happen so seattle plays next against uh on february 7th but with the nature of the head injury there's no telling if that's going to be enough time or not it was like a really odd play in general and myers is not known for dirty play but the hit was clearly interference and many people have called for supplemental discipline by the league so um it's been a little bit too much time to kind of expect that to happen but man watching the replay you just kind of assume that it would uh when they're you know one of their young gun players like a calder candidate just gets romped for no reason and then isn't play expected to play in the all-star game like i don't know how there wasn't uh uh, it, it's like more supplemental discipline, like that's it's pretty wild to me. Um, I yeah. think they're just kind of going on Tyler Myers not generally being a dirty player, even though he's basically Frankenstein out there on the ice. Um, yeah. but uh, in terms of fantasy, your second line players for Seattle um, are going to be a little bit more viable in your streaming options going forward.
0: I read that, uh, going back to John Carlson skating. Uh, that they had to reattach his ear um, after he yeah. got hit with the puck. Oh, that's gruesome. That's awful. I I, I hope he's okay. <laughs> it sounds like he is. He's skating again. So, but that's uh, that's disgusting. It reminds me of. Uh, I mean, this is so off topic, um, but and so not fantasy relevant at all. But I, I this is just perfect in my head. Perfect uh, in like. In like 2011, there was a guy named Daryl Boyce that played for the for the Leafs. This is when the Leafs were trash, like absolute garbage. Um, Daryl Boyce, at one point, got ran into the boards, and he uh, it was near one of those camera holes in the glass, and his nose got stuck to the camera hole, and it tore a huge chunk of his nose almost off it was like hanging off and they had to they had to reattach his nose to his are face. you are you
1: saying a saigon whore bit his nose off
0: essentially what saying to me essentially wow. uh and then he uh he came back the next game <laughs> just with stitches all over all over his nose it was insane anyways when you're that uh, we, level of player,
1: you, you go back in and collect those checks while you can.
0: Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I think that was his only stretch of time in the in the bigs, for sure. Uh I was like, no
1: nose is going to keep me out of the lineup.
0: <laughs> I'm making NHL salary right now. I need to get back in there. Uh Okay. Zero-G check-in. Uh, so, Connor Ingram is the 1% roster. We talked about him a little bit, I believe, last week when we were mm-hmm. talking about... Karol Vamelka's uh, fantasy viability and whether or not that that's kind of decreasing uh, his stock right now um, but in seven of Ingram's last eight starts uh, they've actually been quality starts he's at 900 or above save percentage uh, which is a huge improvement for him he's really struggled to start the year um, and they're starting to platoon Vamelka and Ingram right now so in the last 14 days Ingram is Eighth and Vamelka is ninth in terms of goalie scoring uh, in Kikupfel, so that's uh, pretty impressive. They're both playing pretty well, even though Arizona is not winning. Yeah, I just um, kind making... of
1: assumed that that platoon would would kill both of their value, but that hasn't been true at all.
0: No, they've both been playing pretty well and making tons of saves because Arizona gives up gives up a, a shit ton. Uh, Ingram has averaged thirty eight shots against in those four games that he's played over the last two weeks, so. Lots of saves to be made there. So if if you, your goals against penalty isn't too high and um, if you have uh, if your scoring system is favorable to to shots against and saves, um, he actually might be a viable option at least for a short term stream um, in the in the coming weeks. And they really uh, might
1: uh, be giving up more shots going forward because gas Bear is going to be out for at least a month. And yeah. You know, who knows if Chikrin is dealt by the deadline. So, like, yeah, their, I think their defense sure. is, is on the way out. So there's
0: going to be some movement there for sure. So there's going to be even fewer players to play for this this team. Uh, the UPL continues to get volume for Buffalo. Um, and they are hot, still not great defensively. Um, but it's a nice happy medium because he gets high shot volume, but then also gets goal support. So he is getting wins. Um, so UPL definitely a guy that you should be jumping on. I think he's about 37% rostered right now, so still pretty available in a lot of spaces. So, if you're looking for a goalie right now, UPL is probably your guy. Buffalo doesn't have a great schedule, uh, this week, but um, the, in the coming weeks, it definitely be keeping an eye out for UPL. Um, and then Anton Forsberg, a guy that we haven't talked about in a long time uh he's 52% rostered right now. Uh he has started five straight games. Talbot I believe is out with an injury so that's part of the reason he's getting a run here but he has four straight wins and that includes a shutout and three quality starts. Um and he's actually so this is a guy Anton Forsberg's a guy I was harping on in my articles. He was a guy I mentioned in my first article of the year. Um, in terms of in terms of guys that I thought could be potential zero g gems. He was a zero G hero last year. Uh it, especially at the end of the season. He played extremely well, earned uh, earned a, a multi-year deal uh with Ottawa. And then has kind of been pushed down by Talbot. Um, but not because he's playing that poorly. Like his his counting stats and his overall save percentage aren't great. But if you look at moneypuck.com he's actually 14th in the league in goal save goal saved above expected um and Talbot is 48th so in terms of in terms of yeah I I mean if you're interested in goal save above expected I like to look at that stat uh, because it gives you a little bit more context than just save percentage um he's actually playing pretty well this year and is it is like a pretty uh pretty top tier goalie um, and I think probably deserves a little bit more playing time uh, than he's been given uh, by the Senators this year. So um, definitely something to look out at. Uh, I think the Senators are in that weird space where like they're 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 not going to commit to being bad, uh, but they're not good enough to be that good either. So I think they're going to try to win. Um, and uh, if they're feeling good with Forsberg, they may give him a little bit more of a run, so so keep an eye on that situation for sure. Um, it sounds like, oh, you put in here that uh, he's got a talbot has a lower body injury, uh, could be sidelined three to four weeks, should start skating next Thursday when the team comes back from the all star break. So, um, uh, but I, I mean, we'll see, we'll see. I don't know, I, I'm feeling like there's some. I don't know. The juju is good with Anton Forsberg right now. Uh, Phoenix Copley, I mean, I mention him every week. Still 49% rostered, so is available in some leagues. He's now 15-3 and on the season, playing really well. Um, Not not a world beater every night, but the Kings are a good team and he is making at least more saves than quick and Peterson were earlier in the year. So,
1: so they're winning games. Um, It's really wild to me that, that he's been 15 and three with no challengers to his like stranglehold on the net. And he is still 49% rostered, right? Like people do not believe in Copley. And he keeps proving them wrong over and over and over again. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I I really don't get it. Like, he seems like an easy peg for for your zero G hero. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's been good enough. And, uh,
0: uh, although the bar was very low, (laughs) quick and Peterson were real bad, real, real bad, like absolute non options. Uh, the Kings are, the Kings are a decent team. I think I still think they would probably be uh, be better served in trying to acquire a goalie uh, at the deadline um, for the for their playoff push. But but for now, Copley is is holding down the fort. Um, Dan Vladar has started six of Calgary's last ten games and has won his last five starts. So definitely a situation to be keeping an eye on. Uh, Markstrom got a game in there. Uh, Vladar had a bit more of a stretch uh, more recently in those ten games. Markstrom got a game in there, but it was during a back to back, and they lost five one. So um, keep an eye there because Calgary is trying to make that push. They're trying to stay in that last playoff spot. So um, I think uh, if they're feeling good with Vladar, they may they may continue to to give them starts. Uh, you, and then, do you yeah, have
1: interest in what, buying? Low on, on Markstrom. Like, clearly the team is capable of winning games. And we yeah. know him to be a talented goalie when his mind is right. Like, are you are you buying low on that? Or have you completely shifted your focus to, to Vladar as, as an option? I
0: mean, I personally, I don't like trading four goalies. Because um, I feel like a lot of times I can get a comparable guy for free uh, off the waiver wire. But uh, yeah, if I could get him for a streamer level player, um, or like a, a guy that I've streamed and hold and held that I haven't spent a lot of draft capital on, sure, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm open to that. Um, I think that it's in their best interest for him to figure it out um, just because they have him signed long term. Um, and he has the high the higher ceiling, I think of the two. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Things things are not good for Markstrom right now. Things are not good for Calgary in general. But, uh, um, yeah, I think uh, I, I'm still. Yeah, I, I guess maybe I would buy low. Maybe uh, if I was interested in doing some. If that was something that I would do typically, then maybe I would. I, I would get I'm something.
1: hearing a very solid, confident maybe. Maybe yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> a hard maybe. Uh, so and then Sam Montebo's season season might be over. Uh, Jake Allen is back and healthy again, so uh, we're not uh, Sam Montebo is no longer uh, the hottest goalie in the NHL. <laughs> uh, so uh, so that's unfortunate, but uh, uh, Jake Allen Jake Allen is back. Um, and the Habs suck anyways, so you probably Oof. don't really want to stream either of those guys.
1: Suck is an understatement. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, let's hit the mailbag. So, uh, the pork Man asked, and we'll touch on this briefly because we already kind of, kind of discussed it a little bit, but outlooks on Horvat, if you, if, uh, if you not already discussed it. So you pulled up a, a, a game log here, um, or le- at least his stats from the last 13 games. So why don't you dive into that, Binksy?
1: So I did that um, just on an immediate thing to kind of um, compare to what we expect for him in, let's say, the next month as an Islander, okay? Uh, Since January started, 13 games played, 14 points, five goals, nine assists, um, an even distribution on all of those things, um, even strength versus power play, giving you a little bit of Pims, not really anything notable. Um, 14% shooting on 35 shots. So kind of middle of the road as an offensive uh, center. The average time on ice during that stretch, 20 minutes and 38 seconds. So do you expect him to be a point per game player as an Islander in the next month?
0: Uh, do I expect Horvat to be a point per game player? Probably not. Um, I think he's going to, he's going to need to get acclimatized to a new system and, and, uh, and to new players. Um, I think he, uh, I mean, at least the way that daily faceoff has it shaking out, he's going to be playing with Matt Barzal. So that's, that's nice. Uh, Barzal is a, is a really solid playmaker. Um, So uh, I mean, if they find quick chemistry, um, I guess there's, there's a scenario where, where that works out pretty nicely for him, but I don't know, do man. You, I I I just don't see his production increasing, or even staying the same um,
1: on the island. But I could be wrong. Do you think that he hits an average time on ice of twenty, twenty plus? Do you think that that continues for him? Like it doesn't. It doesn't seem like that is something that the Islanders do have a yeah. player play twenty minutes. Like. Looking at the last game for them against Vegas, their top line played 1238 together. Yeah. Palmieri Lee and and, and Nelson. Um yep. so I I just don't I just don't think that he's gonna get that same deployment. I don't think the offensive firepower of the team is, is anywhere in the same echelon at all. I would expect all of those things to come down. Um so the outlook is is not good it's not good. I think if you're a Horvat uh, manager, your best hope is that uh, Lou does something wild and, and deals him again to another team for picks. Like it's, it's all negative at this point, unfortunately. And, and I say that as somebody that, that really believes in Horvat as an individual player. I think
0: devil's advocate here. um, I don't know if I believe this or not, but um, up until this point, the Islanders haven't really had anyone worthy of playing that that type of time on ice, or like anyone that's like that's like far and above better in terms of skill or production um, than anyone else. Um, they're they're all pretty much a wash. Like obviously Matt Barzell is a talented guy, um, but other than that, Brock nelson has been hot the last couple of years. Um, but they don't have any like upper echelon forwards that are worthy of playing that type of time on ice. So I understand why, um, why you'd be kind of spreading the minutes, uh, evenly across, across all lines or that might be that guy. Like, I, I'm not sure. Um, he's a good two way floor forward. He's going to play on the power play. Uh, I'm not sure if he's a penalty kill guy, but I mean, in the uh, in terms in of the fantasy, last like, month,
1: one shorthanded point, so he was at least getting some time. He was getting the, some time, kill. so yeah, some time on so the kill. It's
0: it's possible that he plays on the kill as well. But again, it is going to take him some time to get acclimatized there. Um, if he does get that type type of time on ice at some point, uh, I don't see that happening right away. Um, but yeah, again, no, they're, like, they're probably going to try
1: a lot of of
0: mixes for their top six. I'm gonna be honest, I don't remember the Islanders coach's name, but he's a new coach. Like we haven't seen him coach. Um, so I don't like outside of this year. Um, so I don't know what he would tend to do uh with a player like Horvat. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. like with 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 high end talent. Um I don't know how he would how he would tend to deploy to deploy that. So so it should be interesting. Um I, I don't think I, I don't think I know enough about this coach to really make uh, an an assessment, a fair assessment like that. So, so we'll see. It will be interesting. I just I, my gut feeling is that his production's not going to get better or even stay the same. You'll uh, probably see a bit of a dip. Uh, big guy in the house, twenty nine. Do you guys prefer keeper or redraft league? Or, or sorry, do you guys prefer keeper or redraft redraft leagues? Why or why don't? you like either type of league the upsides and downsides of each
1: etc cheers fellas uh what do you think bingsy i uh prefer keeper leagues but i prefer them with the caveat that uh you keep players in the round that you drafted and or uh the round that you drafted um like integer plus minus one right however you want to phrase that um I feel like keeper leagues where you just keep your player in the first one to few rounds um, negates quality drafting um, guile, right? I love leagues where you get a player in the 10th, 11th round who you view as a much higher talent and you get to continue keeping them at a lower um, round because it really rewards you for being smart about drafting players that should get better that you see as being better or being in a better situation so i prefer keeper leagues i prefer keeper leagues that reward um drafters and managers who are smart ahead of time um redraft leagues have a lot of negatives to them right um halfway through the season, if you're out, you have a lot less to play for, unless you're just a super spiteful manager and you and you love, um, like, being the spoiler. But that's few and far between. And even more so than that, it's hard to do that if you have a bottom-half team, right? Like, you're way yeah. less likely to just randomly have, have a great week or a great stretch if you don't have a good team in general. So... Um, I have always been a franchise player in video games. Like I love the the long-term outlook and um, that carries over into fantasy sports for me, for sure. Yeah.
0: I think, uh, I don't think I really prefer one over the other. I like them both. I, 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 um, I like fantasy hockey anyway, Anyway, it comes. Uh, I like a variety of, Uh, of strategy i like redraft i like a fresh start um but i also like keeper I, i like um i like making the decisions in terms of like um i mean like you said um making the decision of uh should i keep this guy from the 10th round uh so i have better draft capital uh in the draft this year or like the next year i anyways it's i i i like a i like having a variety of strategies so i i i don't think that i like one over the other i i like them both um uh nate asks early thoughts on any guys you're going to be all in on for 23 24 uh
1: what do you think bigsy do you have anyone in mind hmm um the first three that names that that popped to mind for me I am going to be all in on Jason Robertson next year. Yep. Um mm-hmm. I will be drafting him in places where people are probably going to call me a little stupid. Right? Um <laughs> <laughs> honestly um yeah the situation in Dallas is not going to change with exception to when Pavelski retires and there are other players on the team who can play that uh, savvy veteran right wing um, for the stars, right? The system is working for them. They've got a ton of depth. Um, They've got a ton of prospects that are going to be coming forward. I feel like everything in Dallas is going to push them to the next level. I feel like Pete DeBoer is um, going to be there. For, for quite a while, um, given his um, tenure and, and emotion as a head coach. I feel like he fits the stars really well, and I didn't necessarily expect that. Um, I feel like uh, I'm going to be really in on Dylan Cousins next year. Ooh. I think that the yeah. Sabres are clearly – um, headed in the right direction. They also have a quality system in place that's giving them a lot of offensive firepower. They also um, have a lot of prospects and a lot of depth right now. And in that in that area of the draft where you're looking for a quality second and third center, where in, in recent years we've been looking at players like Dylan Larkin, like Trocek. Um, I feel like Diz- Dylan Cousins is... Um, showing us that he is better than we have seen up to this point. And the Sabres are going in a positive direction. So he is certainly a player that I'm going to be all in on 23-24. And uh, next year I will really be gunning for a young quality goaltender in a good position, right? We talked about this um, recently and, and off the air about – kind of coming to the mean in terms of, of zero G. Right. And I think there are roughly five goaltenders in the league that aren't necessarily viewed as the best goaltenders in the league that you're going to have to spend top four round capital on, but that between the fifth and eighth round are going to give you top five goalie potential. Um, And, and I'll be, assessing that really, really hard going into draft season and, and then being aggressive in that regard. Uh, the first one that comes to mind for me is is Jake Ottinger uh, for the same reasons I described with with Robertson. Um, and if it can continue through the rest of the year, Logan Thompson is also a player that I'll be looking at in that same way. What about yeah. you?
0: Um. Yeah, so I I think I I mean I I definitely uh I like the names that you mentioned. Uh personally I'll be gunning for Connor McDavid. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh um, hey, Good luck. Good luck. Uh, yeah, I mean who wouldn't? Um I I think Tage Thompson is a guy that pops out uh for me. I think he's probably going to be uh borderline top 10 first rounder next year. So um, that should be interesting. I'm, I'm very interested interested to see how things shake out in terms of um, in terms of projections and and um, uh, and ADPs and stuff next year uh, with Tage Thompson because he's going to see one of the biggest jumps I think out of anybody. Um, Jason Robertson as well, uh, but I think he was uh, he was held in higher regard than Tage Thompson um, this year in draft season. Uh, another guy. Uh, Another guy's Jack Hughes, a guy that I was wrong about. I mean, not, I don't know that I was wrong, but I was definitely had, um, I had inhibitions with Jack Hughes um, just because of the small sample size. Uh, I know things were trending in the right direction, uh, but I wasn't a believer in him getting to like 90 points. Uh, And he's just been, he's been amazing this year. And it seems like this is, this is who Jack Hughes is. Um, So, I, I, Jack Hughes is a guy. That's another guy I'm going to be interested to see where he goes. I feel like he's, um, he's another one that, that could be, I would say, early second round next year. Um, so, uh, that'll be really interesting. Um, in terms of, in terms of guys, I guess Zach Hyman's another guy. Um, okay. I'm, I'm very like interested that. to see. Yeah. Uh, I'm very interested to see where he goes and, and how his season, um, finishes. Um, just cause he's been so great. His underlying stats have been unbelievable. Um, and he's been converting, like he's been finishing, which is something that he's struggled with, uh, for most of his career. So, uh, I'm curious to see what his lines look like at the end of the year. And then also where he gets drafted next year. Cause that's a guy that I think, um, people still don't believe in. So, uh, I will be very interested in Zach Hyman, um, in pretty much all formats, um so that's uh he's a guy that i got in one bangers cats league this year and it's been huge for me <laughs> it's has been amazing
1: that, has that completely continued since evander kane has come back or has it dipped a bit?
0: uh i haven't looked at the lines i don't think they've put they edmonton hasn't played a ton of games since evander kane it's been, been really back. light yeah um I have to look at, it. at least
1: one with with legal
0: proceedings so Right, that's right. I'd have to look at. Um, I'd have to l- look at a game log. Why don't we move on to the next question? I'll check. I'll check into that. This is from Dingle Dude, our boy Blake Creamer. Cream, uh, and and uh, and what an appropriate question for Blake. Uh, what is Nick Suzuki's value rest of season? What do you think, Banksy? Uh,
1: poop emoji. Poop emoji <laughs> is is uh, his value for the rest of the season. Uh, things obviously are not going well for the Habs. They've gone from bad to worse for a variety of reasons. Uh, Over the last month, 14 games played for Suzuki, eight points, one goal, and seven assists, shooting 3% on 30 shots in that stretch. And he, like Robert Thomas, getting all of the minutes, 22-41. There is no one to help him since Caulfield went down Uh, Five games ago, only three points all on assist, 0% shooting on 17 shots, and 23-44. Like, (laughs) he is getting every opportunity, and unfortunately for him, there are no opportunities, right? Like, it's possible Anderson gets traded. And he would be the only person on the team to give them any sort, any sort of support right now. Uh, you might be hoping for Monaghan to come back and, and offer him some sort of help. Uh, unfortunately, they are playing the same position and unlikely to be on the same line. And he's unlikely to come back anytime soon. He had a month timetable for injury, and that was pushed back two weeks and he went through those two weeks and he got pushed back again. Like there's zero positive indicators that they're doing anything but trying to lose. So what is his value rest of season? Man, I don't know how you don't just drop. Like it's it's pretty I, – I think he was a drop for me in the last couple of shows. Like you, you just have to drop him. Like there's nothing good going on there. And he's the only good thing happening, and he himself is not scoring. So, like, what poop emoji is the answer there? All right. Before I
0: d- jump into Nick Suzuki, um, to answer your question about Zach Hyman, uh, he's on a seven-game point streak in which he has 16 points and six goals. Yeesh. So, uh, in terms of in terms of his production dipping with Kane back, uh, not yet. he's been unreal in fact i feel like it's even uh gotten better
1: i mean (laughs) so i hope it got better because if it didn't we're talking about like a top 10 player in the league production yeah like that's absurd
0: yeah he's uh he. i mean he's close i think he's top 10 in league scoring right now that's what i'm uh he is 11th uh in the league in points this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's unbelievable. That is just that is ridiculous value for uh, a player has, that you drafted. He has in more Hammans points, level. more points than anyone on the Toronto Maple Leafs. One more point than William Nylander. That's unbelievable. Uh, just disgusting. Um, Nick and Suzuki,
1: not an All You, there's no way that he was an All Star with. Yeah, no, not with, an All Star. And, and McDavid playing. No there, way. So. That's unfortunate, no way. man. To be playing that, that is- well and and not get sent to the All Star game.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I feel like that's
0: well-deserved on his part. Um, Nick Suzuki. Uh, I believe I looked it up. He has 10 points in his last 20 games. Uh, he was so hot at the start of the year um, while not really producing a lot in terms of scoring chances for uh, not shooting the puck a ton. he is shooting a little more, but I think that's kind of a necessity at this point just because he has no to play with. So
1: yeah, I mean, like he's getting 24 minutes the on the ice, and he's the captain. Like, who else yeah. is going to shoot it, you know? Exactly. So in terms of shot rates, like, because he gets
0: so much ice time, um, they're not incredibly high. But he's still getting that ice time. Like, that's the crazy – that's the thing. Is like, he's playing in all situations. Uh, but, yeah, like, uh, he's a guy that I had in the – I have in, the I considered selling high. I tried to sell high. Um didn't end up working out, uh, and then I was like, "I'll just ride him." And and you know what? He's gonna play with Caulfield the rest of the year. Um, that that is is worth something because Caulfield is amazing. Uh, and then sure enough, Caulfield's down for the rest of the year, and uh, he's playing. It's a with, shocker like, that Josh,
1: that a dude is the size of an elf got hurt though.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, now he's playing with like what Josh Anderson and Rem Picklet- Pit- Pitlick. Uh, not not ideal. Not good. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we're getting to that. We're getting to that point where uh, I wouldn't be surprised if I dropped Nick Suzuki at some point. It's just it's unfortunate, though, because typically I'm like, he's getting this guy's getting the deployment. Uh, he's getting that ice time. So just ride it out. He's going to figure it out. But I'm just not feeling it. I'm not feeling it with Suzuki. Um, so it's not good. I'm sorry, Nick. I'm sorry, uh, but uh, I, I mean I'm sure even you feel it
1: at this point. I just I don't I don't know why, but I just pictured you like Titanic style, like letting go of Nick Suzuki's hand and watching him just Bye. sink under the ice cold water. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nick. I'm sorry. Uh, There's
0: just no room on my roster. Um. <laughs> Uh, Nashville asks a favorite way to randomize draft order. We normally do super smash bros third year now, uh, but are looking to, to, to add odds this year based on placement, uh, and trying to think of some of somehow to add this to smash or try other options. That is super interesting and actually much more complicated than any, uh, any way that I've ever, uh, like anything that I've ever done in terms of randomizing draft order, um, Nate in a couple of leagues that I'm in with him this year, uh, just did the, there's a little program where you, you input everyone's names and it's like a track race, um, yeah. like a hundred meter dash and you just watch them all run and whoever, whoever wins. And then you, you, it decides draft order based on that. Um, you, uh, we talked about
1: duck races. Yeah. similar so format, same, same idea, the same thing, the, the different icon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love stuff like that in Nashville. I especially love Super Smash Brothers. Uh, you can't see it behind me uh, with my giant head in the way, but uh, I've got a Samus Aran figure up there, and uh, oh. I'll absolutely lower the boom on you in, in that game. Um, I have had fantasy Football Leagues where we do something similar. We all get together um, on a day and, and do something we call Bar Olympics, uh, where we would uh, have a round of darts and have a round of pool and have a round of, uh, what we call around here, a cornhole, But I think up in your area, they call bags. Um, but just stuff like that, where you, you basically have a round Robin tournament, um, and whoever has the best aggregate score at the end, um, gets the best draft position. So that stuff's kind of fun, but it's, you know, purely for your local league, uh, where you're, where you're pretty close with the people that you're in a league with. Um, my favorite way to randomize is literally on a wheel ticker. Um, I enjoy those boat races and and that gives it, um, you know, a little bit of a, a feel of an actual like competition happening. But uh, my favorite way to do it is just to do a screen record and, and throw the odds in the wheel and, uh, and let that happen. I uh, I'm, I'm a gambler. So um, I get that same kind of um, visceral response to the wheel spinning that that people do from from the track race or the duck race, etc.
0: That's fair. It's like playing roulette.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that same that same rush that you get. Uh, Reese's Pieces is asked follow up to Nate's question, but players, you're completely out on for next season. I mean, I don't think I'm completely I'm completely out on anyone. To be honest, it's all about where. I mean, where they show up uh in in terms of in terms of the draft um i mean for me there's a couple guys that i bet on this year um as as guys that i thought were going to bring me tons of value one of them is nick suzuki um i I don't think i'd be completely out on him uh it, it, it all depends on how the roster shakes out next year, he's still going to play with Caulfield. So I think he'd still be a viable guy, but not a guy that I'm drafting high and not a guy that I drafted high this year by any means, but um, it didn't bring me as much value as I, as I had hoped. Uh, And then Matt Duchesne is the other one for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I know we talked about this last year uh, when he had that 84, 86 point season, whatever it was um, and how that wasn't sustainable uh, and I kind of my tune kind of changed in the offseason just because everyone was so down on Matt Duchesne and so down on the Nashville Predators. And I'm like, OK, like, yeah, they're going to negatively regress, but it's not going to be that crazy. Uh, I, like, I don't think he's going to be like a a, a a player that's not relevant anymore. Um, uh, But we're kind of close to that point where he's mm-hmm. he's almost a streamer level player, doesn't really provide anything if he's not scoring points does not shoot the puck, man. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's brutal. And I, I have him in a couple of leagues, where I, I was able to get him uh, in the hundreds um, which I was pretty happy with at that point. But I think uh, I think he's a guy that I'm going to probably uh, stay away from next year. Uh, well, what about you, Binksy? Do you have anyone in mind?
1: Uh, well, Matt Duchene was the the second name that came to mind for me. Um, but there, in what you spoke to in terms of um, draft value, right? Like you never want to yeah. be, you never want to be completely unwilling to draft a player at at exceptional yeah. value. But for me, the first person that came to mind that I will be completely out on because. I cannot fathom a situation where he will drop low enough where I feel comfortable drafting him would be Victor Hedman. Um, sure. Age, yeah. injury, and, um, and the depth on the roster coming up around him this year. I just don't see a world where I'm willing to draft Victor Hedman. There are a solid eight or nine other defensemen that I would be drafting in front of him in those positions that I would be drafting him on. So, you know, never say never, but you can basically put me down as completely out on Victor Hedman at this point in his career.
0: Yeah. I think his draft stock has probably decreased. So I I don't think people are going to be taking him in the second round next year. So that's another one. That's going to be interesting to see where, where he goes. Cause he has heated up again Mm -hmm. um, in the last month or so. So, um, so that, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with Hedman next year. Um, and then I think this is the last question. It's from Zebra Dan uh, getting down to crunch time, only four more weeks to secure your playoff spot. It's still a super tight race and it looks like the Mark Skinner is making a late push do you think the looming four-month sleep regression will affect your chances of making the playoffs? This is a funny question because Zebra Dan and I, I believe, had babies around the same time. Uh, we talked about it in the uh, just in the in the Discord chat of the of the five-hole league, um, and uh, I'd actually completely forgot about that until until this question. Uh, it took me a second to like process what you meant by that. Um, so far, so good. I don't know how you, what your situation is, Zebra Dan. Um, I also don't think that it it would it'll really affect uh, my situation because I work nights. So uh, <laughs> um, five days out of the week, I'm at work um, and am sleeping through the day anyway. So um, I don't think it really it really changes so much for me. I do a lot of my moves um, in the middle of the night. Uh, as uh, some people have noticed uh, uh, <laughs> that are in leagues with me, <laughs> they're like, "What? Why are you? Why are you making? Uh, why are you making moves at 4
1: a.m. on a Wednesday?" <laughs> I, I know uh, that feeling. I, I get uh, DMs from you about the show and about you know hockey topics, yeah. and et cetera. And I'm like, "Why was he messaging me?" I, it still surprises me. I'll look at the timestamp and be like, "What was he doing at four o'clock in the morning?" And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, oh yeah, okay." It's
0: pretty much the only time that I'm alone and, and do my my own thinking. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So th- that's pretty much it. And then also, how do I get my hands on one of those sweet apples? And Gino's hats. Well, uh, I believe Nate has a contest coming up soon. Uh, it should be announced on the next episode that comes out on Sunday. So, um, so that is one way. Uh, I'm not sure if Nate has tweeted out the link. Uh, to that um we do have it's a it's a web store um i'm not sure if it's a public link i i will have to check with nate on that but there there are ways to get um apples and genos merch um we'll just have to uh I'll, I'll leave that to nate to 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 make public or or not so
1: i just um... uh i just checked the apples and site and it's it's not listed there mm-hmm. um as you and I and the listeners know, um, Nate is all about getting the highest quality for our for our yep. listeners and, and um, members in the Discord and, and patrons. So, um, you know, everything is a, a work in progress for us thus far. I don't know about you, but I've, I've been really happy with the merchandise um, yep. and I wear it more than I probably should. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, <me too. laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm super proud Free of what promotion. we do here. So, yeah. Um, so I, the quality of it hasn't waned at all. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, thus far, I don't know that that's a public link, but we do have contests and they are relatively easy to win and people do win. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. I think and essentially,
0: well, I mean, this is essentially what you said, but Nate just wants to ensure that, um, if you're spending money, Um, That you're getting the best quality possible. So I think that's part of the reason that that this hasn't been like a public, a public thing and more like um, for giveaways and whatnot. But uh, there are there will be tons of giveaways regardless. Um, All right, well, that's all we have for today. Check out the Apples and Genos Discord server. Shout-outs to the band They're there for, pro- for providing our music. Their Spotify link is in the episode description. Give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. Binksy is at Binkle Mania. Nate is at Apples Genos. Blake is at Blake Creamer SE. And I'm at Just Josh and One. Please practice safe stats and happy streaming. Have a good one, folks. Enjoy the All Star break, baby. The weekend everyone's waiting for in the NHL season.
1: (laughs) The NHL All Star game. Best product in hockey. Before we go, congratulations (laughs) and a big middle finger to Gary Bettman on 30 years. (laughs) Oh, God. Good night, world.